It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to the two-point stance. That's right, Brian Drake, Joe Dolan, FantasyPoints.com. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on your favorite podcast feed or on YouTube. We really love those YouTube folks who come and hang out with us. Search us on YouTube at Fantasy Points, YouTube.com slash Fantasy Points. Thanks for joining us here on your favorite. Joe, we got a great one tonight. And I'm not talking just because every show we do is great and I'm a company man, but we have what I think is one of the best analysts in the industry, the director of analytics for fantasypoints.com, Mr. Graham Barfield, my arch nemesis from the King's Classic Blanded Division. We'll get into that later. But Joe, I'm excited to have Graham on the show today because we're going to kick off best ball season here at fantasypoints.com. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's good to be with Graham. It's good to be with you, Drake. Uh, had some fun talking XFL. Now we're talking real football, uh, at least for your uh, from your perspective, Drake. But hey, I am definitely making some XFL lineups using Jake Turbies. Go listen to uh, the podcast. Oh, here comes Butterscotch. For those of you who see on YouTube, here comes my oh, dog, Butterscotch, who she, uh, she's been dealing with a paw infection, Drake, since Thanksgiving. I think we talked about that. Oh, but uh, we're um, So what's going on here is like we're – Go, we put our initial best ball rankings up. Underdog's got a couple tournaments going, so we need to have rankings up. Graham did an article. Graham's really been digging in. Um, and I'm really interested to get into, like, because Graham's a big tears guy. Not like Eric Clapton. But, like, tears, like, uh, like uh, you know, like like levels of things, I guess yeah. is the way you, one would say. And um, that's how I like to really rank my players as well. I think that's the smart way to rank your players. Um, and, uh, I'm really interested to see if he's noticed any trends. Graham, it's good to be with you, my friend. Thanks for joining us here on the two point stance. We've, uh, we've had the rankings out. You've bit, you've, uh, you've dived into the rankings. You've, uh, you've gone through the ADP. What, what's going on, man? How, how's, uh, how's the work been for you? Uh, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good to get back into things. I was just telling Brian, I took like three days off in the last uh, couple days so, or a couple weeks. So that's been yeah. nice. Uh, but no, just diving right back into the best ball rankings. Yeah. Little and big board, 10 and $3 contests on underdog. And, um, just off the top, man, Joe, I don't, I don't know if you guys have done any drafts yet, but like, you know, we're, we're seeing the first two rounds, like very receiver heavy, which makes a lot of sense. But like, after you get like to round seven, eight, nine, there are a lot of backs with very interesting profiles from the free agents to this rookie class. I think this is a, a really interesting ADP pocket right now because it feels like to me there's like maybe six to seven guys after round eight, nine that could just blow past their ADP. And then there's another like six to seven that could just get blown up by their ADP. So it's, it's you know, you're, you're always taking a risk if you're drafting on March the 2nd, of course. But I think this is a really interesting ADP landscape just because there's so many late round running backs this year. And Drake, I think, you know, from doing underdog last year, underdog is wide receiver drunk anyway. Um, underdog yeah. drafters are, uh, which is interesting because underdogs half PPR. So there there's like, I've obviously I've done drafts on like DraftKings, um, NFFC, you know, the old best ball tens, like 
full PPR sites, and they're not as wide receiver drunk as underdog. And that trend is just exploding this year. The downside is you're like, well, I'll, uh, you know, the whole I'll zig when I zag. The problem is, man, you can really get behind at the wide receiver position if you don't go along with the trend. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to see how people build their teams because, Grandma, I, I think this is going to be a, a question. Well, well, well Drake, I, I want to see, do you – I'll get into the tiers because there was a big lesson I learned from last year in underdog and we'll get into that. But Drake, are you old school? Are you running back first round type of guy? Are you, I got to get one in the first two rounds kind of guy. Have you changed that? Because man, if you want a running back in the first round, you're going to have your pick of the litter here uh, on, on underdog. If you're drafting early. Yeah, I'm looking at the the rankings that Graham has up here, and there's eight wide receivers in our top 12, uh, three running backs, and the third of which being Jonathan Taylor, who is at 11 overall, RB3. So, I mean, you can get last year's literally RB1 overall number one player at the end of the first round, and I think that's going to creep up as we see you know a quarterback land in Indianapolis uh, and, and things progress through the offseason, but I'm I'm best player available. If that best player is Travis Kelsey, I'll take Travis Kelsey. I did that last year in a 14-team draft that, that Graham and I were in together. If I get to the back half of the first round and there's a couple of good uh, you know backs there, maybe Austin Eckler falls, I'll take Austin Eckler there. Uh, but I think at that at that top end of the draft, you know, call me crazy, I still love CMC. I think he's just such an advantage weekly when you get him in your lineup and. He, hey, guess what? He stayed healthy, guys. And, you know, God forbid that happens again. But I, I love Christian McCaffrey. I have no problem taking him at the 101. No, I, I don't think – I think there's going to be a lot of people who don't have a problem doing that. The, now, Graham, you base, uh, you obviously were looking at the ADP throughout this doing drafts and whatnot. Do you think it's too wide receiver drunk right now? Like no, – No. I think it's – honestly, I think it's perfect. And I think it's it's one of those things where, like – Okay, last year was a historically bad year for late-round wide receivers. I mean, yeah. name me one that really smashed Garrett Wilson. I mean, and it really took till week, I don't know, 9, 10 for him to get around. I mean, a lot of – you know, he probably got dumped in a lot of shallow leagues. I mean, I know I hung on to him in all, in all of mine. But, I mean, I think this year it'll, it'll balance out a little bit better. But I think we've just gotten better at, at identifying – the top end receivers and, and more to the point, we've gotten better at identifying the, the mid range receivers too. And right now, as I'm looking across the running back landscape, the one thing I do when I, when I start my rankings, I don't look at ADP. I go from a top down approach. I started a team by team level and I go, okay, these are the backs that I feel really, really good about. The top ones are easy. McCaffrey, Eckler, you can, you could put JT in that mix. Once you get past that point though, this year, guys, it's like, I mean, Ken Walker's fantastic. We love him, but he doesn't have a receiving profile. Bijan Robinson isn't drafted yet, and he's going as a near first-round pick. The running back landscape gets real murky really fast, and it's not just receivers. We're now seeing Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes start going in the back half of the second round, early third round, and I, I think that just makes sense. Is it different from everything that we've been drafting for the last five, six years? Absolutely. I think it's one of those things where, where people are looking across the running back landscape and just realizing, man, like it is thin and it gets thin fast. So who else are we going to draft? 
I mean, these difference making quarterbacks and all of the best wide receiver ones and twos. I think that's that's at least in the first couple of rounds. I think that's where everybody's heads at. Yeah, if you look back at last year, 2022, in uh, I mean, I'm in full PPR here, but I, I can switch over to half, which underdog is, and you look at what guys were scoring at a points per game basis. After you get past Tony Pollard at RB7, you don't have another running back averaging 15 points a game. It's a long, flat tier. It's an extremely long, flat tier. And that's, that's I mean, my rankings represent that. I mean, if you go down, maybe we can talk a little bit about this rookie class, but, you know, Bijan is obviously at the top. Jameer Gibbs is probably the consensus too. But then, like, this rookie class from 3 to 10, they're all like very interesting profiles that like kind of fit the NFL. And all of these guys are going to have some early round draft capital. I mean, I, I mean, I'm looking across the landscape here. Kenny McIntosh is RB 52. I mean, you're getting him. I mean, a lot of these rookies are going so late right now. Cause one, obviously we don't know landing spots and a lot can change. Yada, yada, yada. But like, if you're, if you're building teams right now, I think you've got to be extremely aware of what this running back landscape looks like. And, you know, you're going to hit, you're going to have some really bad swings and misses on, on some of these like speculative rookies. But I think that's where a lot of the value is. And I think that's more to the point why receiver, why wide receivers and, and quarterbacks are going so early. You know, um, and, and also I think you said we've become good at identifying which wide receivers are good. Um, we've become good at identifying which teams are good. So, one of the things I noticed just on the surface level when I was going through leaderboards from last year, 10 of the 19 top scoring wide receivers came from five teams. So there were five teams that put two wide receivers in the top 19 in scoring. And I mean, and you pretty much could guess all of them off the top of your head. You know, Philadelphia had two. Uh, Cincinnati had to Miami had to Tampa Bay had to you know yep. Seattle had to like yep. and Seattle's guys were underrated because of uh because of the D- nobody really projected that Geno Smith would be good but that was an edge last year for people Devontae Smith Tyler Lockett were huge league winners those guys are going earlier a lot earlier this year um Tyler and, Lockett isn't he's still too cheap um, yeah yeah that, okay yeah perennially underrated Tyler Lockett now he was available in like the eighth round last year he is going earlier than that this year but everybody yeah nobody wants to draft Tyler Lockett I do wonder if there's still something to be exploited there like yeah Jalen Waddell and and Tyree Killer going early and Devontae Smith and AJ Brown are rightfully going early but if there's still something to exploit there uh I'm wondering Drake but uh that's neither Mm -hmm. here nor there but uh, if you look at underdog ADP right now, I'm looking at about a week, week old ADP, both Miami receivers, both Philadelphia receivers, both Cincinnati receivers are all going in the first two rounds of drafts. I have to imagine that's the first time that's like ever happened in fantasy football history. Hmm. Yeah, it goes, it goes back to my point. You know, we want these teams like the Eagles that were top, they're going to be top five, top eight, at least in scoring offense. Again, I mean, I think, you know, anything less than fifth would be a, a miss in projection for the Eagles. Same thing with the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals finally unleashed Burrow and became one of the most pass heavy teams in terms of pass rate over expectation this past couple of years. And then, I mean, I think the market's just getting a lot sharper. Um, I'll throw it to you guys. One, one guy I've really struggled with ranking right now is Brees Hall. Um, you can f- 
make any upside argument you want, right? I mean, the dude had nearly, he was averaging a hundred yards from scrimmage right out of the, you know, per game out of the gates. Um, Coming off the ACL loaded back loaded late round running back group. But I mean, Hall just has so much upside. He's, he is very, very tough to rank right now. His ADP right now, an underdog 25. So you're getting him at the back end of the first of the second round, beginning of that uh, third round turn. I I have a tough time right there because I think you're seeing guys in that situation who they took a wide receiver early. They're swinging for upside. Again, this is a season-long contest. You're not really worried about having Brees Hall maybe for the first or second weeks, and you're hoping by the end of the year he's he's clicking with whatever quarterback they have in there. But is that more of a pick of necessity from someone who's kind of also thinking, ah, I got to get a wide or I got to get a running back right here, and, and Brees Hall maybe be the best name on the board. Or, or, you know, do you guys, does that injury still bother you? Because how many guys do we really see come back from these injuries and they're that good the next year? Like, it, it's not that often. I mean, you can almost drop these guys down a tier. I was reading something on Twitter this week just about that, where are, are we overrating Brees Hall because of what we saw and not what we're going to see after this injury? I mean, I think it's fair. Um I also think that there is an understanding that these injuries are, are different. It, like Javante Williams is buried in ADP right now. And there's been conflicting reports about Javante Williams this off season that, Oh, he's not going to be ready. And then, then they said, Oh, he will be ready. Same as JK Dobbins last off season. And I have to point out the fact that Dr. Edwin Porras said at the time, Williams injury is a lot more like JK Dobbins while Brees Hall is more of a traditional ACL Edwin, um, in talking to Edwin, he said he's going to draft Brees Hall. I wonder if he's going to be drafting Brees Hall if he knows he's a second-round pick, though. Um, yeah. I wonder if Edwin was looking at that as like, oh, he's going to be a fourth or fifth-round pick. I'm going to draft him. Um, and I also think part of the thing that's playing into this is people anticipate the Jets' offense is going to be way better. Whether they get Aaron Rodgers, whether they get uh, Derek Carr, whether they get Jimmy Garoppolo – that offense is going to be way better than it was last year. So I think that's playing into it as well. I have them ranked currently at 27 overall. Um, again, don't feel great about that. The running back I have right behind him is Dalvin Cook, who also was injured and had some surgery this offseason. The running back I have right in front of him is Nick Chubb, and I feel pretty good about having Nick Chubb in front of him because Kareem Hunt's moving on. So um, – yeah, that that is a really tough spot for me right now. Yeah, I, I'm a little lower on Hall just out of the gates than you. He's he's super tricky because um, we love the talent coming out, big believer. But like, you know, even just your normal ACL tear for a running back, the average return according to Edwin is about ten months, and that puts him right up to September. And, and Brian, to your point, you know, you're right. Uh, you can take the zeros in weeks one and two. I, I mean. It's just tr- it's it's a tricky projection because you're taking them over bona fide guys like possibly Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. I mean, those guys have been yeah. bona fide league winners with 25, 26 point per game upside. Um, it's it's tricky. Um, I I got to say, Joe, you mentioned Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb is one running back that I'm way in on in early ADP. His ADP doesn't make any sense. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't been in on him in three years either, but I think I am this year. I'm definitely in this year. He, he's going at 28. I've got him at 10 spots ahead of ADP. He's like one of the few guys, like I was saying earlier, where I was like, 
when I'm looking at backs, it's like, okay, I'm looking from a team down perspective. Like, are they going to sport score points? The Browns will be better this coming year. I don't think they're going to be a top 10 offense, but they'll be mid range. You know, we know what Chubb's upside is in terms of what he provides. Like he, and they're going to lose Kareem hunt. Um, Chubb's spike games remind me of like prime Derrick Henry. And I think he's going a, a little too late. He's like one of the, he's like the only running back in the first three rounds. And I'm like, slightly higher than ADP on him and him and Najee Harris. Cause I think they have two bankable workloads. What about Aaron Jones? So his ADP right now is 61, right? And yes, he's going to be splitting time in the backfield again, but Aaron Jones is a really talented running back finished last year at yeah. RB nine in half point PPR. You're getting him in the sixties. I mean, are we downgrading that offense that much? Because Jordan yeah. Love is, could be taking over. I mean, this could be a situation where maybe Aaron Rodgers is still there. Even if Jordan Love is the quarterback, we, I would anticipate a featured role for Aaron Jones. We could be seeing Alan Lazard move on. And then, good God, I mean, they're throwing us three out there at that point. Yeah, I think that's all somewhat just like projection that Rodgers might not be back. The other thing is, like, you know, Aaron Jones is about to go into his tw- age 29 season. You know, typically we, we don't really want to be drafting backs much past 29 now, but I, I think it's a slight overreaction um, because, you know, in terms of efficiency, he was still the same guy last year. So who would you rather have Aaron Jones or Deandre Swift? Who's going nearly 10 spots ahead of him. I have Swift ranked ahead um, simply because, uh, you know, Jamal Williams might not be back. Um, but I think I mean, he will be, by the way. I think he will be too. You can't ditch I, that wiggle, baby. Come on. Joe, what? Did Deuce just like hate DeAndre Swift? Like, was that it? I think I, I, I think he got hurt, and I also think Deuce is adamant about running back rotations. I mean, look at what he yeah, did in Philadelphia. True. And remember, like, there was always like uh, the media always would ask Doug Peterson, "Oh, why isn't this guy getting carries?" And he's like, "Ask Deuce. He's the one who does the rotations." You know, like yeah. when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, um, the last time they were in the Super Bowl. You know, Jay Ajayi, Garrett Blunt, Corey Clement were all getting burned, you know? Like, so, no, I, just, I think Deuce Staley is an adamant running back rotation guy. Um, and, and I think I think that that's his philosophy. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Swift's just got so much upside. We've seen it in such small spurts. But, like, I mean, I was watching him um, during the season. I haven't done, like, a film study or anything on him this offseason. But, I mean, his vision has just gotten, like, worse. Like, so I, I don't know if it was a confidence thing with all the injuries or what have you, but I still think he carries a ton of upside. Um, but you're right, uh, Drake. I mean, if if Jones is – or if, if Rodgers is back, Aaron Jones is probably at least 10 lows by – uh, 10 spots too low by ADP. And that, that raises a point. Did you guys see Matt Schneidman from The Athletic? Um, what did he say? Well, he said he would listen to one of Rogers' like podcasts. I, don't, I forget oh. what podcast he was on, but that guy does more podcasts. Not this one, do. so effing. not this one yet. Not we'll have to get him <laughs> on here. No, hold on, hold on. We can get him on here now. Like that's uh, why I've got the lights off in the background yeah. here. Oh, by the way, I love this. I love this thing, man. You got got the clicker here. You turn that on. Oh, and you got to have the clicker for the yeah, light. Like, um, but we'll, we'll get him on here. Um, but Matt Schneiman said his. He said he's not ruling out Rodgers retiring, but he says, and I think this is an informed guess. He said he thinks if Rodgers plays, it's for the Packers. It's in just so much case, money. In which case, yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you're drafting Packers right now, these guys are values. 
Yeah. I mean, now, maybe they're values anyway because maybe Jordan Love's the next star quarterback. We don't know. I think that's the point. It's so much money. There's no way he's walking yeah. away from that and thinking he can no. get that on the market. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. No. It's a very good deal for him. I mean, and he's still a great player, I think. But this guy, man, he he he's learned one thing from Favre. It's the drama, you know. Jesus. Hey, well, maybe hopefully you he guys learn about. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe our our listeners out there don't quite have Aaron Rodgers money, and they want to save a couple bucks. How about you save a hundred and fifty-five bucks? Because that's the value we're giving you right now with our deal between Underdog Fantasy and FantasyPoints.com. Use our code FantasyPTS when you sign up for Underdog Fantasy. We're going to double your first time deposit. So you deposit a hundred bucks with the code FantasyPTS. I'm doubling it. Don't tell John Hanson I'm doing it. I'm doubling it right now. I'm giving an extra 100 bucks. With that, you're going to be able to get a standard subscription to FantasyPoints.com for just $5. Joe was drunk when he thought this up. I don't know why we're still doing it, but it's unbelievable. You folks have to cash in on this right now. Why would you want to pay full price for anything these days? I can get you a subscription to FantasyPoints.com. You can get the guru. You can get Wes Huber. You can get, oh, our guests right here, Mr. Graham Barfield, Joe Dolan, Tom Brawley's betting advice, Scott Barrett, and all this dank stats. Five freaking dollars. Just use code fantasy PTS when you sign up at underdogfantasy.com. Deposit, I'm going to match it up to 100 bucks, $5 fantasy points. You're in, you're rocking and rolling, and you're kicking some ass in best ball drafts with these rankings today. So let's keep rolling here, uh, Mr. Barfield. And we need to digress to the grudge match you and I had over the, the summer. Graham and I uh, compete in the Kings classic draft uh, and it's a draft that's done at the pro football hall of fame. We met in the finals and this is the first time I've been able to see Graham now face to face. He stole the trophy from me right out from under me in a championship week where he started Russell Wilson, Taysom Hill, uh, just scrub after scrub after scrub. And on literally the final drive of the NFL fantasy season, beat me with a Pat Fryermuth catch mm. uh, to win the championship. Uh, congratulations, my friend. Uh, I look forward to seeing you uh, get the trophy this year. But damn it, I wanted that. It's it's funny you say I have scrubs. I mean, I, I seem to remember having Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill. Uh, th- those guys scrubs there, buddy? Huh? Uh, yeah, and then you also had uh, – who's the kid from the Saints – the wide receiver. Rashid Shahid. My God, I'm out there. Yeah, I'm only rolling with Mahomes and Kelsey and A.J. Brown. Hey, look, and Look, I lost Lamar Jackson. I lost Jeff Wilson, who I've been riding. I went zero RB. It, it worked. Uh, but I was starting some, uh, to steal a word from John, some skanky guys at the end of the season. But, hey, thank you. Uh, that was a that was a battle. That Pat Firemuth catch, I was legit sweating there. That was uh, – that was that was brutal. He had a drop. Do you remember that? He had a drop, and I thought I had that. Uh, it was like I didn't watch the game. I turned the game off until the final drive. Uh, but so my question to you is this: to circle back to my team, I drafted Travis Kelsey in the first round of that draft. In best ball, you've got uh, Travis Kelsey at number four overall. He's tight end one. What's your tight end strategy in yeah. something like that? Is it hey, I can get Kelsey, and then I'm going to come back. I got to stack him with Mahomes, maybe in the second round. Or do you just say, I'm going to take a bunch of tight ends later? And if so, who are some guys you like? Yeah, last year it was like just that. Like, I'm going to take Kelsey. I really wasn't into Andrews. I definitely wasn't into Pitts. 
if I don't take Kelsey early, then I'm just going to go with like three or four late round tight ends. Uh, I'll take even four, um, especially if you're not spending a lot of uh, draft capital on it. Tight ends always tricky. Um, and everybody's going to say this, this is the year where we get, uh, you know, finally we get some tight end depth. We've got some young guys coming in. Uh, I wrote it in my article that this this year really comes down to what do we get from Greg Dulcich, Chego Quanquo, Cole Komet, uh, even Dawson Knox to a certain extent. I'll go a little off the board though, and Joe, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna laugh at me or jar will drop when I say this name. I like Mike Gesicki super late. Well, honestly, I'm that that doesn't. <laughs> he's entering free agency. Somebody's yeah. going to sign him where he fits the offense better. I actually really like that pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Gesicki's a little bit like Gerald Everett last year. He'll go to a better spot with a team that hopefully knows how to use him a little better. I still think, I mean, that might be the spot he goes to, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We've been, fa- I mean, we've been power fading Gesicki here at fantasy points for the last three years. Um, just because his role has always been super weird with the dolphins. Like they've just never used him as a full-time player. Maybe he can go somewhere and get like an Evan Ingram, Greg, you know, Gerald Everett type of one-year deal. And um, there's some upside there. I mean, he's he, he's free. He's going at 170 and a half. Um, beyond like just a late round dart guy, I, I think you have to kind of be excited about Greg Dulcich and what we saw to him last year. We want some of these guys who can play in big slot roles, uh, be a little bit, bit of a field stretcher. Obviously, Russell Wilson is just a total – mystery box at this point you know maybe Sean Payton can save him maybe he can't but I think Dulcich just set up really well with a strong role he was running a route at like 75 80 percent of the team's dropbacks uh to finish last year you know targets came and gone uh came and went but uh the usage was great we love obviously the athletic profile he has I think Dulcich is, is definitely somebody I want to be a little overweight on he's going to get steamed too um he's he's already like 130 125 overall like i think that's the right pocket for him you know i said last year um when i was watching games at the end of the season now it entirely depends on what are the quarterback situations look like here what the hell cup is that by the way i get that off my get that Uh, off my podcast oh i'm sorry oh get that off of my podcast and it's an atlanta braves world series um so uh um Jelani Woods, Chigakonkwo are two yeah. guys that I'll love to have on every team. The question is, what's the quarterback situation? Um, I, there hasn't been any Ryan Tannehill buzz, um, really, because I, I, mean, I mean, when when Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers are potentially available, I guess there won't be any Ryan Tannehill buzz. Um, but uh, he's a guy who I'm interested in, Akonkwo. Um, yeah. Jelani Woods, who's Indianapolis going to get? And I think Indianapolis is as big a threat as anybody to trade up to the top overall pick get a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, whoever, that's a guy who I think could be utilized. I think there are a lot of appealing late-round tight ends, and maybe that is the strategy. Maybe it's to go over for the first 13 rounds of a draft and then go boom, 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 get these high upside uh, later-round guys, Drake, because those the early tight ends, Sands Kelsey last year, uh -uh, did not pay off for you. You could wait until legitimately 150 picks into the draft and then walk out of there with a Conquo, Gesicki, Jawan Johnson, a guy I really like, Daniel Bellinger, uh, because yeah. no one else is in New York to catch a pass right I now. I mean, they literally have, like, no receivers right now. Nope. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hodgins was an ERFA, so he's back, but, but they released Galladay. Yeah. Slayton's a free agent. You know, I think Richie James is a free agent. Wandale Robinson's coming off an ACL. I mean, yeah, who else do they have? And it's a terrible free agent class for the wide receivers. Drake will, as we'll talk about next week. 
Yeah. I think this is an interesting rookie tight end class too. I mean, we saw it last year. Yeah. We saw, I mean, I don't know if Bellinger's any good, but I'm with you. Like, you know, the opportunities there, we saw Bellinger pop. We saw McBride pop for a couple games. I think we're going to start seeing some of these rookie tight ends, not break the mold. They're not going to come out and be, you know, Rob Gronkowski or anything right out of the gates, of course. But like, I think we're going to start seeing rookie tight ends produce and be viable late round best ball picks. And for what it's worth, we're seeing Michael Mayer and, uh, Luke Musgrave, those guys are getting uh, getting picked and pushed. Dalton up Kincaid, yeah, Dalton um, who, who might be the best of them, but he's not working out at the combine. I think yeah. um, listening back to uh, my, my my buddy Fran Duffy, uh, who does just an incredible NFL draft podcast every week, that um, they went through Dane Brukler's top 100 players, um, just like just top 100 big board. I think he had seven tight ends in his top 100, wow. which seems insane. And I, but like Fran said, it tracks like last year, 19 tight ends got drafted in the NFL draft. So, yeah, yeah, I think we're we're seeing a lot more of these like kind of hybrid guys who can play a little bit of everything. They can play in line, you can put them in slot, you can put them out wide. Um, yeah, one, one kind of like linchpin guy, I think, if you're wanting to draft early round tight ends, you can always make a case for Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, man. Like, that's he was awesome. He was so good last year. Uh, he's one, you know, it's the offense will be the same. Cousins is back. Jefferson's back. We've got some bankability there. He's easy to stack too. Cause Cousins still goes so late. I think if you're, if, if you're drafting early round tight ends this year, I think Hawk paying, paying he's that my, kind of premium on Hawk kind of makes some sense. He's not talking where he goes right now in ADP is it, it, it's not great. I mean, the yeah. running backs there are, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of like twist your arm and make a case for him. The receivers kind of drop off. I think I think Hawk at like 40, 45. He's he's my two right now. Um, I have him okay. ahead of Andrews, and okay. I feel like, in a way, you know how we, we talked about like those those three teams that have two receivers going in the top two rounds, which is insane. I think you can kind of throw Hawkinson into that category. Yeah. Like he's the new ceiling. Yeah, he. I feel like he's kind of replaced Seelan. Um, I call these teams narrow fantasy teams. Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Minnesota. Minnesota's been a narrow fantasy team since Kirk Cousins got into town. And yeah. it's, it's great. You know, like when I talk about him every week, I'm like, I don't have to talk about this team. You know what to do with these guys. If somebody's hurt, then we'll, then we'll, we'll, we'll assess it otherwise. But the, Hawkinson's my two. And I definitely think he's going to be a target of mine. But that brings in another question for me, and, and 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 it builds off of running backs. It builds off of tight ends. This receiver tier, there is, I think there is a precipitous teardrop at receiver yep. in the third round. Yep, and that's why I'm in on Hawkinson. It's like, okay, Hopkins, Cooper, um, then you can, you know, you got to take a leap on Chris Godwin. You'd have to take a leap on DJ Moore. You'd have to take a leap on Michael Pittman. Um, yeah, right. I think Christian Watson requires a leap of faith right now, you know, absolutely. And uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, when we first started talking tonight, um, that's another reason why quarterbacks are starting to go earlier. I've got Justin Fields at 41. I've got Lamar at 37. I mean, it's like that pocket. You're right. That's where receiver around that like 17, 18 range starts dying. Now, granted, so rough. Lamar was so bad last year, but I I think the offense is going to help him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Andrew, your your Andrews or Hawkinson over Andrews thing, by the way, is not a hot take. I think that's pretty sharp, honestly, because I was thinking about it too, with Lamar potentially not being back. But 
Andrews just man, he might get a twenty eight percent target share this year. I mean, I, I um, I'm the only one on staff who has Hawkinson as my two, which shocks me because I cannot believe John Hanson didn't do it. I have him really close in my overall. Yeah. I have him separated by just a couple. I spots. mean, I have him separated by like nine yeah. spots or something like that overall, Drake. Yeah. Um, and I want to parlay that off of because like right now, like Graham was talking. Uh, Amari Cooper's boring. I drafted him everywhere because he was so dirt cheap last year, and he's not this mm-hmm. year. Um, I DPK, still think – I wonder if DeAndre Hopkins could be like – I still like DeAndre Hopkins. He still produced last year. But I do wonder if this year there could be like some, ooh, the Titans traded for Julio. Uh-oh. And, oh, Hopkins. And, and then like all those – I, I mean, th- this is this is what you have to do. But all the content farming sites are going to be like, who's stopping DeAndre Hopkins in a Patriots <laughs> uniform? You know, like yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like that they'll make their uh, hot takes. So I'm, I think it takes a leap of faith. But I come back to last year, and and I know we're skipping around here. And one of my big lessons learned is these dead zone running backs. Everybody knows why Josh Jacobs was a seventh round pick last year. Everybody knows why Miles Sanders was an eighth round pick last year. Like these guys who ended up winning people leagues. I have to adjust my thinking, Drake. I've got to say to myself, what is the best case scenario for these guys? Especially, and here's the caveat, especially when they're a guy who has proven he can play in the league. And Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs were two guys who had proven understand I understood their flaws, but they had proven they can play in the NFL. And they were relatively young as well. And were we just missing on guys like that because we were looking for the the hot new thing, you know, like we well, we gotta we we can't miss out on Javante Williams, who would have you know, we can't miss out on this guy. And meanwhile, these guys who had proven they can play in the league, and in the case of Sanders, were in the lead offense just slip through the cracks. I wonder how many guys like that are going to exist this year. I can tell you one that I see right off the bat. Graham's got an RB 16. It's Delvin cook. And Delvin cook was a guy last year who people were drafting as, you know, a top five running back. And now you know he's going to get his shoulder fixed. Hopefully he's okay. Madison's likely out of town. This offense is still going to be really good. They're going to score points. They play indoors. Delvin cook can catch the football. You can get him at RB 16 in Graham's rankings. I mean, I'm in for that. I, I, why can't Dalvin Cook be a top five running back this year? Yeah, I think there's there's some risk that the Vikings, because like you know, like you said, Madison probably won't be back. I think there's some risk the Vikings get like a legit two for him because I, I think we're at a point now. I mean, Dalvin still was very effective last year, but I'm not sure he can maintain this like massive workload and still be effective. I I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the Vikings do because I think there's some there's some like. Real list Vikings get some like legit help for uh for their back. Isn't this the We're conversation we had about Josh Jacobs last year? And that you know, that's why it's like everyone's just gonna be yeah. like, eh, maybe Dalvin's, this guy's done. Dalvin's 28, though. I mean, Josh Jacobs is still young. I'm 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 with you, Joe. I mean, like, I'm kicking myself for Josh Jacobs because I have always loved him, always thought he was a baller, just never had like a huge role. They always like tried to like shoehorn him into like not giving him like goal line carries to like uh, finally got the big role. I think if you look across ADP last year though, like 
was Miles Sanders really a league winner? Like he had a couple big spike games for sure, but like I I don't think he was a league winner. I think Josh Jacobs uh, certainly was. Yeah, well Jacobs led the league in rushing, you know, but you know Sanders yeah. had some big games, and I don't think anybody regretted drafting Miles Sanders, and he didn't catch passes either. But you know Miles Sanders right now is like what a ninth, tenth round pick. Uh, what's his ADP? It's uh, here's the thing yeah. about Miles Sanders that's interesting to me. I, by the way, his ADP is 89.3s RB27. He was RB15 in total scoring last year. So that's a pretty significant dip. He is a free agent. But what are the chances? And I don't think this is I don't think this is that hot a take at all. What if Miles Sanders is out there looking for three for 35 or something like that? He doesn't get it. And Howie Roseman's like, hey, we didn't extend Jalen Hurts yet. Or we did, but his cap hit doesn't get bigger for another two seasons. Why don't you come back here on a one-year deal? We'll pay you a lot of money, and we run it back and, and and try to get back to the Super Bowl. Like, I think that's within the realm of outcomes for Miles Sanders in this next couple weeks. And maybe there's a buying opportunity here for some of these free agent running backs who you expect, oh, I'm not drafting him there because he might go somewhere else. Well, what if he doesn't? What if Josh Jacobs doesn't go somewhere else? You know, like, there, there, there could be some real buying opportunities here. Yeah. I mean, Jacobs, in terms of ADP, you're not really getting too much of a discount. No, you're not. Um, I was going to ask you what your read was on uh, on Eagles' backs. Because, like, if if he, if he Sanders isn't back and they give Gainwell, like, a, a bigger role, like, they did throughout the playoffs, like, Gainwell is a smash pick. At, like, no, yeah, and I loved Gainwell last year. And, like, the, the thing about Gainwell was he was a miss for me. But, like, at the end of the year, he at least showed why. Um, I'm like Derek Gunn, uh, who's covered the Eagles and he is plugged in, says the Eagles love him and they think he can be the lead back watching him at the end of the year. I think his role can be bigger than it was. I'm not sure he's a lead back. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do think there is a spot, by the way, Boston Scott's a free agent too. So the Eagles need to add to that running back room and they're going to, I don't think they're going to go pay Saquon Barkley. I mean, no. although, God, what, where would he go for fantasy if the Eagles signed him? Oh, my Lanta. Um, yeah. But, like, that's why I think Miles Sanders – There was a, the Eagles have – half their defensive starters are free agents. Like, if, if Miles Sanders is – they're able to get him back on a one-year reasonable deal, I think they do that. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I think that – because I'm holding myself to this, by the way. There have been mock drafts that have the Eagles taking B. John Robinson in 10th overall. That'll never happen. I, I tweeted it. I am, I am, I am holding myself to this. I am getting drunk and jumping off of my roof if Howie <laughs> Roseman spends a top 10 pick on a running back. Now, I'm not saying they might not do it at 30. I still don't think they will, but they did, dra- they did draft Miles Sanders in the second round, so it's not that outrageous. I just, no way they do it at 10. There's not a chance in hell they do it at 10, and, and I will. I will get drunk and jump off my roof if they do. But that, yeah. that, that calls back to why I think Miles Sanders at this spot I mean, I'm not going to be excited about him if he really lands on a mediocre team that just pays him the most money. I'm not going to be excited about him. But I think where he's getting drafted right now, Drake and Graham, just on the chance that the scenario I'm talking about comes true, that's a pretty easy pick for me if I'm drafted in the next couple weeks. One guy that I'm looking at, too, is uh, what do you think of James Cook? Devin Singletary is a free agent. You know, he didn't. As the season went on, he got better. He scored some touchdowns at the end of the year in the playoffs. I mean, he's a guy who they drafted, I believe, in the second round. They want big things out of James Cook. They were in on, yeah, they were in on McCaffrey, and they wanted someone to come in and catch the passes. Isn't that what 
James Cook is, and then they go out and you know uh, trade for um, Naheem Hines. But it, could this be a year where maybe we're sleeping a little on James Cook and he could be a a bigger role in, yeah. in Buffalo than we have? He's he's a huge part of that mix that I like. Miles Sanders being a part of it too. I mean, Sanders' ADP is basically the exact same as it was last year. The thing with Cook is like I, I don't know if it's anything to do with with him. I, I, this Bills run game, like I don't know if Ugh. it's a structural scheme thing. Like I'm not sure if they have the right offensive line, you know, the right starting five. But like this team, like every year, we're like, oh, this is the year they're going to run it a little better, and then they never do. You know, like the offensive. I, I think James Cook is by far the most talented guy they've had back there. Um, but I mean. They, they play a soft watched. brand of football. They say, Josh Allen, go be Superman every play. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it was so apparent. And that's why they lost in the playoffs. It's like they just don't have a piece. If everything's not clicking and Allen's not hitting digs on back shoulders and making crazy shit happen, like they don't have a run game to go to at any point <laughs> that they can consistently rely on. So I, I, the, the Bills to me have got to change something structurally or with their offensive line for me to really be like, okay, I'm in on a bill's back big time, but he's, he's certainly got the upside by the way though. But here's the thing. I don't care if they play. So I don't care if nothing changes with the Buffalo bills. I'm hoping it does. He is, his ADP is currently 91. Yeah. That is a smash pick for me. Like, well, I don't care. Like, I don't care that. if we I'm wrong. That. It, we say that. And then you're like, you know, you made, you made a good comment earlier. It's like, okay, what's his upside? James Cook, what's his upside? Josh Allen's still the goal line back. They still might direct, they might get another guy to rotate with him. That's fair. I mean, I, look, I, I like James Cook's talent. I was saying, you know, mid-season, the guy looks great, but, uh, you know, I just don't know if the role will be there. Oh, hold on. Who's the Eagles goal line back? Jalen. Yeah. Miles Sanders scored 11 touchdowns this year. Yeah. Even though Jalen Hurts, even though they had the most unstoppable play in the NFL at the goal line. So, you know, yeah. there's still some equity to be had there on an offense that scores touchdowns. Yeah, Bills are a lot more pass heavy. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, but but and here's the other counter to one of the points I made earlier. You know, all these rules that I'm kind of like these lessons that I've learned, get the second receiver from a really good team. Get get the running back from a really good team. The Bills kind of broke those rules last year. We were drafting Gabe Davis like he could be a top 20 receiver, yeah. you know, like and it just didn't work out for him. Um, but so you have to understand Clyde Edwards Alaire was a dead zone running back who it was so easy to talk yourself into. But what was the difference? Well, he's never really proven it the way a guy like Josh Jacobs or Miles Sanders had proven yeah. it, you know, like so there are some things that you have to separate, and you're not gonna bat 100 on these things. And I'll, I'll probably formulate more hard and fast takes as as the offseason goes on uh, and once I start doing more drafts. It doesn't mean you're going to bat 100, but I'm starting to see – I'm trying to wonder if there are some trends here that we can exploit. Well, I think that's that's another – you know, if you go two receivers in your first three picks, you could legit take a shotgun to these guys after ADP of 75, 80, draft six of them, and, I mean – you might have one or two where you're looking at it, it's like, okay, I took an L on that. But like, there is some gigantic upside, like we were saying with these rookies, and especially with, you know, even somebody like Deontay Foreman and Damian Harris. I mean, those guys have hundred yard double dong upside, you know, still in still in their uh, profile. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting, really interesting. This is, I think, last year was like almost kind of a boring year for ADP. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like this running, there there. Are, a lot of running backs you can talk yourself into in the late rounds. I uh, can't wait to dive into these drafts and 
The article over at fantasypoints.com is free. We've linked it in the show notes on YouTube and on the podcast platforms. You can read Graham's rankings here. And you know what we're going to have to do, guys, is come back in. Maybe the three of us do a team best ball draft on underdog. We talk through the picks, talk through the values and all that fun stuff we see. We got a lot to go through. We'll do it on my account, and then when we win, I'm not splitting the money. How's that? <laughs> now, that would, that would be the biggest dick move of all time, by the way. I would not. I would never do that. Hey, but if you are going to do that, sign up at underdog. Use code FANTASYPTS. We're going to double your first-time deposit up to 100 bucks and get you a $5. That's right, $5. Long? long no just kidding five dollar uh, subscription to fantasypoints.com the best deal in the business mr barfield Way better than a subway so- sandwich by the way oh yes. god yeah so follow graham on twitter at graham barfield joe is at fg underscore dolan i'm of course at drake fantasy uh graham thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us here in the two point stance we appreciate it man of course yeah first uh first show of the year hopefully it's uh first of many so I'm looking forward to the season boys all right, we're going to get out of here, folks. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you leave us a review and uh, subscribe on the YouTube channel. We're going to get Joe out of here to go play some Mario Party with Waluigi. Uh, but until then, uh, keep hanging and banging. Waluigi or whatever the hell. No, uh, my buddies and I, we used to uh, we used to play Mario Party like every Sunday night in uh, in, in college. And then the, now with the Nintendo Switch, you can play it online. Let me tell you, you come up with some four-letter words when you're playing Mario Party. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's what we'll do one week on the show too we'll do a draft based on like uh, mario kart races and that's uh i would would be down for that yeah you guys gotta have me back for that one all right folks enjoy uh your time out there and this has been the two thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.